The dawn of this mega season is finally upon us as we disembark at Yas Marina Circuit. Welcome back to the Grid Talk podcast. This is episode 247 where we will preview the final race of the season in Abu Dhabi. I'm your host Tom Horrocks and today I'm joined by fellow Grid Talk host Owe Medford. Hello. And Louis Edwards. Hello there. And if you enjoyed this podcast, we would love it if you could leave us a five-star rating on Spotify and a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. We'll shout out everyone who leaves a comment on our next show. And if you leave us a review, you will automatically be entered into our monthly prize draw to win some fabulous Grid Talk-themed merchandise. And if you haven't done so already, why not subscribe to us on YouTube and click the bell to be notified when we go live. We're nearing 800 subscribers now, and we have loads of video content, including articles and shorts for you to go and listen to as well. Give us a thumbs up, share and comment as we love hearing from you. And any questions that you ask during our live stream, we will attempt to answer in our in our post show. So uh, get onto the YouTube and start commenting. So we'll, uh, without further ado, let's jump straight into the preview then, Owe. And I'll, I'll give you the uh, the world champions Red Bull and, and uh, all is not harmonious in Red Bull. Do you think coming into this weekend that we're going to see any kind of fireworks or is, is it going to be business as usual trying to push forward for that second place for Checo? Um, I, I mean, for, for uh, sorry, Red, I was about to say Ferrari then. Um, no, Red Bull's a, a, a big enough outfit that then they shouldn't have too many issues. They only have one job now, um, which is focused on Sergio Perez. That said, um, one thing that, you know, is commonly reported when you have issues like this is that uh, issues like they've had um, literally just at Brazil is that um, it splits the team. Um, potentially, you know, there's, there's there could be internal friction um, and they don't really have I don't know the three weeks that you'd want between between races anymore um, to to kind of get the team back together as one. Um, luckily, that's not going to probably uh, affect them too much. Um, but it it could just be that extra little niggle in the back of everyone's mind, um, and that and that's the sort of thing that changes uh, how people behave. So it's it uh, you know I, I think it's it, it's going to probably be fine for them but there is that the sort of like trouble in paradise um and if we and if you know i, I don't want to get too much maybe in the psychology of sport but that those are the sorts of things that could you know can could just upset a driver one way or the other and uh and could affect sergio perez's performance trying to get that second in the championship yeah, if there's any niggling doubts, obviously they 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 may well show they may well rear their ugly heads if uh, if there's ever if there's a situation in the race where where Max is is ahead of Checo, then uh, then that that's certainly gonna gonna lead to some doubts in his mind then. And uh, but um, moving on to Ferrari then, Louis, there's um, Ferrari have never actually won at Abu Dhabi, uh, which was something that I was surprised to see. They've got eight podiums, but they've never stood on the top step. Do you think this week they've got a chance of doing that? Uh, unfortunately not. I think Ferrari of late, uh, I think they've kind of abandoned this, this year's car and they're just, they're focusing on, you know, next year. And I think that's why we've seen Mercedes come at them so hard, uh, you know, this last, you know, five or six races because they just, uh, Mercedes have continued, you know, trying to get as much out of this car as possible to, to hopefully set them up well for next year. And Ferrari, I think, have already you know, since the constructors and the, the drivers' championship went out the window long ago, they've they've kind of abandoned this year. Um, I think they definitely have the pace to get on the podium, but uh, unfortunately, I think for them, their only real goal is going to keep um, Leclerc ahead of Perez, and I think that's going to be quite a difficult job this weekend. 
Yeah, it's a sad state of affairs, really, just how quick Ferrari have been all year. And we're going into a race weekend and we're, we're not really expecting them to even be in the fight, which is uh, which is it's a bit of a fall from grace, really, for Ferrari. But um, but no no fall from grace has been larger than Mercedes, Owen. And, and going into this weekend, unbelievably, they have an outside chance of passing Ferrari. Uh, another one-two will see them pass the, uh, the Scuderia this weekend. Um, are they going to do it or is it just one bridge too far? Um, I think strategically it would be a terrible idea to finish ahead of Ferrari. I mean, I, th- I think the fact that we're even talking about this actually illustrates Ferrari's implosion um, over, over over. I mean, we've been talking about it for months now. It's not even it was not even a surprise. It's probably to be honest, people are probably sad of me talking about it, but I can't. But this is the, probably the worst Ferrari season of, I've seen in my life. This is all. This is worse than two thousand and nine. You know. Th- they had they have had the car and they've completely blown it away to the point where we're now talking about a Mercedes that has really got its act together and you know <laughs> coming off the back of a just the kind of weekend that we were that we'd become accustomed to seeing from Mercedes um you know I think it's I think it's definitely within the realms of possibility that Mercedes could overtake Ferrari like but like I say I don't think it's tactically the right decision from a from from a financial regular financial or sporting regulations standpoint i think they they serve to gain better um oh, so they stand to gain more if if they do finish behind ferrari and, and just you know take that that little extra amount of allowance of of aerodynamic um and wind tunnel testing and, and the uh increased cost cap that they cost cap uh, limit that they get i think from that so i i think there's there's, a, there's benefits to not overtaking ferrari um but that might be a bit i think that's it's almost kind of they'd have to start hampering their own performance I think to stop to not overtake Ferrari at this point it's just a crazy, crazy situation and I I personally I think that Mercedes professional pride and and just sheer competition that they're not gonna I I don't think they're gonna you know throw the sandbags in the uh, in the airbox or anything like that to to slow them down it's uh, that's I mean if if that becomes a possibility where it's something that people genuinely consider it's kind of something is fundamentally wrong with the sport if that is the case and uh, and they they were certainly um they they asked Otmar Schaffnauer on the on the pit wall this weekend you know what, what would be better finishing ahead of McLaren or getting the extra wind tunnel time for next year and he said categorically the uh, the championship position because of uh, you know just commercially it just means so much more for the for the team than an extra few percent on the wind tunnel so um, I, I can't see Mercedes panning it personally but you never know but moving on to Alpine then Louis it looks like they finally managed to break free of McLaren and um, and they've uh, they've stretched their legs a little bit and they're uh, Ocon and, and Fernando Alonso seem to be well <laughs> based on based on the race they've uh, they were behaving in the race um, even if they you know was behind gritted teeth. Um, how do you see Abu Dhabi going for them and uh, and again is that is is there any chance for McLaren? Yeah, as you said, it was it was definitely three gritted teeth. As Ocon even found out midway through the race, well, towards the end of the race, when they asked Alonso to go past, and he was like, "No, I want to fight Sebastian." And, but um, Alpine took their opportunity last weekend. You know, when you have your biggest rivals uh, got a double DNF, you, you take that opportunity, and that's exactly what um, Alpine did, and they scored good points. And I think with how close it is in the mid- the midfield, I don't see McLaren making up enough points 
especially in breaking into that top six to then score enough points to overtake Alpine. I think it'll take a hell of a job. And it's, you know, it's made it been made more difficult with Ricardo's grip penalty and general performance this season. But for Fernando, this is his last race uh, for Alpine. Whether he really cares about where Alpine finished in the constructors is definitely questionable. I don't think he actually cares at all. I think he's only focused on one thing and one thing alone. That's where he finishes and where he ends up. And I think Ocon will just be glad that he will have someone he also doesn't like in the seat next year, but maybe it's grown to love a bit more compared to the way that Fernando's been behaving uh, this season. Um, but I think it is going to be a little too far out of reach for McLaren. I think Alpina will definitely secure that fourth place. Yeah, um, I'm through gritted teeth myself. I'm I'm very much uh, thinking that this the same thing. And uh, moving on to moving on to McLaren then, Owen. They uh, they've got a win here in the past with Lewis Hamilton back in was it 2009? Maybe I want to say was it the first race here? I think maybe he won. But they they definitely got one win here. Um, that's kind of what they need this weekend if they're going to take any fight to to Alpine. And and with Daniel Ricciardo coming in with with a three place grid drop due to his clash with Kevin Magnussen as well. It's uh, it's an uphill struggle even before they start but they have scored more than 20 points on two occasions this season so it's not absolutely you know nailed on for Alpine we know what their uh, what their reliability is like but uh, but what, what do you think am I being a bit over optimistic here for McLaren I'm sorry to say because there's nothing that I'd like to see more than McLaren coming back but I just I think it's too much um, I think the biggest thing is you, you've got to look at is that I, yeah okay Lando Norris could probably do the goods on that one. Um, the person I don't think that could do that is uh, is Daniel Ricciardo. I, I, it's, it's been it's a sorry state of affairs for him, but he's got something like he's only contributed about twenty three percent of the twenty four percent of the of the points total this year, and I think that's that says it all uh, for Daniel Ricciardo. I just don't think it. Uh, unfortunately, I, I, I the 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 penalty says it all. It's I. It's it's been the Lando Norris show for a while. I think he needs to enjoy the the last time that he's going to be driving a fast car. Um, if, you know, it's uh, it, it's been a sorry state of affairs, and unfortunately, it does mean that I think McLaren don't have much to get out of this weekend. They just need to do it to fulfill the con- uh, fulfill their entry, and that's about it. Yeah, it's uh, yeah. I, mean, I was obviously my my allegiances are very well known, and that's kind of just 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 hoping, just trying to manifest something myself and manifest it into existence. But uh, but no, I, I think I think you're right. It's that I think that one's long gone now, and and Ricardo potentially his legacy in Formula One for me is is McLaren's most expensive mistake. Really, you know, it cost a lot of money to come into the team. He was supposed to be the team leader to take Lando Norris up to that next level. And he's effectively cost them fourth place this year, and you know you could argue that he cost them third place last year as well. If he was to be anywhere near Lando's level last year, then they potentially may have held on to third from Ferrari as well. So it's it's a huge, costly costly mistake to you know to bring Ricardo in. It seems, which at the time of the signing, I was absolutely buoyed by by the signing. I I was I thought, well, you know, Ferrari's loss is McLaren's gain with with Ricardo. He's he's the man to take us forward, but. But alas, no, and he's just just petering out his his Formula One career, and and going to be pretty much pretty much an also ran in the final race, it seems. 
But speaking of also rans of, of past years, anyway, Alfa Romeo have had a bit more about them in the last couple of races. They went for a, a big spell there, Louis, where there was just no no points. It seems like they couldn't buy a point, and uh, and they've they've had a couple of points finishes now. They're five points clear of Aston Martin, who themselves are on a bit of an upward trajectory as well. And and it's between them for them and Aston Martin for sixth and seventh. How do you see this one going for Alfa Romeo then? Uh, for me, Alfa Romeo, it all depends on their their car's reliability. You know, how many times we said this season, oh, Joe's retired or Bottas was retired. But last weekend, despite a really disappointing qualifying on the Friday, they made steady progress in the sprint and then made steady progress again in the race with Bottas scoring points. And I think that's just where Alfa Romeo need to be. I think they need to be either on the cusp of Q2 or in Q2 and qualifying and then just during the race being, you know, slow but steady, trying not to, you know, hopefully the car doesn't go bang. Um, so they can just make it to the end of the race and that's their best ch- uh, chance because this battle with Aston Martin has been really close of recent just because Aston Martin have been on a great resurgence and we all know that that Aston Martin actually has really good race pace it may not show it on a Saturday but the race pace in that Aston Martin is quite good and I think that's the only thing that Alfa Romeo need to be wary of but the five points needed is given those teams is a bit of a stretch they're you know the teams that are always just on the fringe of you know ninth or tenth so I think they'll be happy with where they are and I think they'll be fairly comfortable with where they are, but they definitely need to still be in or around the points just to solidify that place in the constructors. Yes, yeah, it's, it's been quite a while since since Aston Martin scored five points in a race and with you know, Alfa Romeo certainly seeming to be on a bit of a point scoring trend at the moment, even if it is bottom end points. Five points doesn't seem like a lot but when you've when you've scored 50 all year divide that between 20 races that's that's kind of your average point score so uh yeah it's gonna it's gonna be tough but um but aston martin then i mean they as we said they're just the five points behind they're well clear of Haas now because they really have kicked on in the second half of the season and started picking up those those bottom end points and uh and Stroll Vettel one more one more race together. Um, is there going to be any fireworks, and not just the fireworks at the at the flag? Is there is there going to be anything happening in there? And and are you of a differing opinion to Louis? Do you think they've got a chance of that sixth place? I think I think it's just that little bit too far. It's just it's it's really it really is possible. Um, you know, it could it, things just do go their way. I mean, the, you know, let's remember that. The, the engines are going to be the, the engines are, uh, are going to be on their last knockings, and of course the teams will try to work it out so that they don't have to take a, a, a reliability sort of. Uh, sorry, they don't. You know, they don't have an engine blow up, but the Ferrari's not particularly reliable. Um, luckily, it's you know at Yas Marina, it's um, in its you know ideal operating window basically uh, down at sea level. But you know, it, it just could be one of those things. Sometimes things go your way, um, whether the drivers or not will. Um, We'll sort of play ball. I, I I don't think we're going to see anything like the uh, the kind of over uh, sorry the kind of um, defence by Lance Stroll. And even if it did, uh, luckily you know Abu Dhabi's so wide that there's no way that no one, anyone can hit anything. Um, you know, and there's definitely no grass to, to run onto. So um, you know, luckily we shouldn't see them t- come too uh, close together. And if they do, they, they won't. It won't. Shouldn't cause that much of an issue. Um, I think you'd be hoping against hope in some ways for for, uh, for Aston Martin. I think they can probably do it. 
uh they do it if they sorry they can do it if everything falls their way um but it does require something to go wrong for them uh with alfa romeo and i, I don't think it's fully in their hands um but like uh, like i say it is possible but the you know the 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 form book says probably not um they <laughs> they'll probably end up one point away which would be devastating but um it's probably not the worst thing in the world um given given the amount of money they've got yeah they'll probably end up on on the on the same points and missing out on count back but to start of the season Aston Martin were not looking at potentially snatching sixth place in the dying embers of the season so whatever happens this year you know it's you, you reevaluate your position in formula 1 when you're when you're on the back foot and uh, and certainly after reevaluating sixth place would be seen as a success but if you'd have offered Lawrence Stroll sixth place at the start of the season I'm sure some rude words would have come out of his mouth and something probably thrown at you as well so um, allegedly so um, whatever way you look at it it's not been a great season for Aston Martin but uh, one team that's it, it's I, I guess it is a good season for them given that they've raised up two places currently at the moment trying to hold on to eighth place from Alfa Tori and Haas but but really given that the season they they started with Louis is, is it is can this be seen as a success eighth place I think uh, Haas had a very flattering start to their season. I think it's the same with Alfa Romeo. We saw these, you know, the Ferrari-powered cars and, and were able to do really well and they capitalised early on those gains. But, you know, I think they were always going to be in a development race with, the, you know, the other midfield teams and how quickly they would catch up. And Haas have not developed their car nearly as quickly as the, the other teams. And they even admitted that they went a lot of races without bringing any upgrades to that car and it's no wonder that they, their performances started to slip not to mention they've been unlucky with the fact that Mick hasn't been at his full potential this year and Kevin Magnussen's kind of had to do a lot of the heavy lifting at Haas take last weekend for example did, did an amazing job before his, uh, his unfortunate DNF but um it's going to be close with Alfatari, but I think Haas's likelihood of points is probably going to be quite low. And I think they'll also take comfort in the fact that Alfatari's chances of points are going to be also really low because, well, we just really not had a good season this year. And, you know, eighth place may not sound the best, but given that they were lowest of the low, they're, you know, with scoring. I don't think they scored any points last year. I think they'll just be happy with this 37 points that they've managed to scrape this year. Yes, I think it's been very much, was it just the one upgrade package this year? And it's just been very much a uh, a start quick, see how many points we can score early doors and then try and hang on. And potentially they could have looked at a sixth place given how fast their car was at the start of the year if they'd have capitalised on all the opportunities. But uh, a few too many collisions from Magnussen and a few too many mistakes from, from Schumacher and they find themselves clinging on to eighth place but uh, but given the budget of that team and and everything they've been through and how the team was so close to was seemingly looked like it was close to either being sold or going under i think eighth place is is definitely 
a success overall for them. But um, AlphaTauri, not really a success story at all. Uh, they've got one driver that doesn't seem to know what he's doing at times, another driver who just has completely checked out. Um, it's it's a big season next year for for the AlphaTauri drivers, and it's a it's a big race for them as well. That I, how important is it, Owen, for them to get that that eighth place to pull them away from the team, you know, the, the team that was worst apart from Williams? I mean, like, it should be easy, right? It's two points. It's two points from a team that's Red Bull funded. Um, but like you say, the they don't have access to the caliber of drivers that. Red Bull have, um, and that's saying so. Like you know, and and and, and not by a small amount either. Um, I don't know. It, it's disappointing because AlphaTauri should be so much higher up the grid. Um, they, they, you know, and I, I think, unfortunately, the 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 kind of they are only two points off, but there are two points off a team that hasn't had any that has had what one upgrade. And basically no development. It's you know, and Alfatori I think has actually done quite a lot of work on that car, and I think that speaks volumes about the about the driving standards that they've had to to put up with. Um, I don't think it's, it's just been it's just not been the kind of year that they would that you would expect. Um, I know it's just a de- meant to be a development team, or at least it used to be, but it's. You know, it, it's an ignominious position that they're in, um, and it and it is going to look bad because, obviously, we look down and the next team is is Williams. You know, they are they are right at the bottom of the table, um, and they've been there for quite a while, and they haven't moved. You know, there, there's been opportunities to change that, but unfortunately, they haven't. Um, they could scrape the points that they need um, to get to get away from uh, to get above Haas uh, and secure that eighth place, but I. I, I don't see it. Um, I think this is a, this is a season to forget um, for for Alfatori. Um, you know, I, I I don't. I think they've, they've this is this is one they yeah this is one they won't want to remember. Yeah, and, and just looking at the uh, the points so far this season, and Sonoda since uh, Spain has had five retirements and a tenth place. That's his uh, only contributions to the races. So that's that for me. I mean, Gasly wasn't much better, but he still only scored half the points of Gasly in a season where Gasly's checked out and got very close to a race ban. So it's uh, very, it's not good reading for Snowder at the moment, I don't think. And uh, and certainly if, if De Vries gets straight in on top of him next year, it's going to be good night sunshine for him next year. Um, I will just clarify that I, I was on the show yesterday. I was very confused about the situation at the restart. I know this is the Abu Dhabi preview, but I just feel I should probably clear this up apparently the reason Sonoda wasn't allowed to unlap is because the FIA didn't give him the the okay to overtake because when he came into the pits because of his position to the safety car he overtook the safety car whilst in the pits doing his pit stop and then emerged behind it again after making his stop now as a result of that that meant that the system triggered he'd already unlapped himself therefore wasn't allowed to unlap himself again which just seems like an absolutely crazy crazy situation and then as a result he ended up having to go a lap down from everyone else it's do they not have a, the do they not have a manual override or or, or... clearly not <laughs> clearly not and, and obviously no common sense as well because it, everyone could see where he was i mean anyone looking anyone who knows anything about formula one looking at that right yeah so we've got uh we've got the mercedes we've got uh the, we've got the ferraris the Bull, and snowda yeah that's right that's the correct order yeah no that's com- <laughs> a bit of common sense here people come on 
But uh, moving on to the bottom team, then we've got um, Williams is 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 the final team then, and um, and I uh, it's you. I think it's you know, up next, Louis, isn't it? I can't remember. I've completely lost yeah. track of where I was because I was just waffling on about Sonoda. Uh, I'll pass on to you then for 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 Williams. Yeah, eight points. It's uh, Latifi's final race. He gets to go to his most glorious triumph one more time, and uh, and. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, hopefully this time he won't get quite as much hate as last time. And and how good would it be for Latifi to sign out on Williams with a with a tenth place pass on the final lap of Mick Schumacher to redeem himself from last year? I think it would be amazing. Uh, it's um, it's definitely unlikely, mm-hmm. but um, you know, I think I, like I said on the on the on the qualifying show, I think, and I think even the previews to Brazil, like he is just praying that maybe Logan Sargent doesn't get the super license requirements for next year. So that Williams might refer to him for another year, but it's, you know, Latifi has been terrible all season. I don't expect him to be any better just because this is his last race. You know, he may shock us, he may surprise us, but that Williams isn't brilliant. And, We've just seen how hard Alex Albon has had to push that car and the incredible like random strategies that they've had to do to even get that car in the points. Take Australia, for example. You know How long did Albon have to go on a set of tyres just to even have a sniff at the points? Um, but <sighs> this is very little I say about Williams. It feels like talking about Haas from last year. It's like beating a dead horse. Uh, while it's rotting on the ground, it's 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 Williams. Maybe they'll have a comeback next year. Probably unlikely, but uh, we'll just have to see how they get on. Well, there is some light at the end of the tunnel for Williams because they've got the more wind tunnel time than anybody else. They've got was it one hundred and fifteen percent of the seventh place team. They've got forty percent more wind tunnel time, you know, and some change over Red Bull. And they're going to be operating at roughly the budget cap next year as well. Uh, I know Red Bull probably won't be, but uh, but they will at least be operating towards the budget cap. So that's that's uh, you'd think with the good people at Williams and with that in place. I know there's you can't unlearn everything that you've learned in the big team. So it's not just about just it's not all about money. It's about experience and and people and everything. But I, I'd like to think that they do have a chance to to move forwards. But it's just will they move forward more than more than the teams around them in in Haas and AlphaTauri. I, I can see Haas potentially falling backwards next year. I can see AlphaTauri, they can't be as bad as they were this year. Aston Martin surely won't be as bad. So is it going to be Alfa Romeo plummeting down? Is it going to be McLaren plummeting down? It's uh, it's going to be an interesting season next year. And the second or even the third year of this kind of performance ballast that they've they've brought in and and it's going to be it's going to be interesting to see just just how this does affect it because i think now there's there's a lot of people turned off development very early in 2021 to focus on this rule set so you can kind of take this rule set with a pinch of salt really and 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 this first year but going into next year it's the first time they can learn from their mistakes and and this is where that success ballast really you know, will come into its own. So it's going to be interesting to see what happens there. And uh, and yeah, so we'll 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 look at when you're back onto this year. We still have one more race to get through. And I know it's not normally the most um, most amazing of circuits, Abu Dhabi, but uh, but those those changes that came in last year, we might see with these new cars as well. We might see this being a reasonable race. One thing's for sure: 
it's not going to be raining. So uh, with with those with that wonderful nugget I've just given you there, let's go on to our predictions then. So uh, now that you know that it's not going to rain, Owen, what's your predictions for pole, top three, and a bold prediction? And I actually oh. remembered it this week. Oh, pole. Uh, you know, I, I, see, normally I'd say Max Verstappen, but I said Max Verstappen was going to win bloody everything. Um, apologies for the language. I was going to win everything in Brazil, and he won nothing. Um, you know, not... Um, Goodness me. Uh, I just want to point out as well that Nicholas Latifi has exactly the same number of points as Nick de Vries, Um And he's been in the car all year compared to uh, compared to one race. So, uh, so yeah. Um, no, I think it's probably... Oh, for pole, I'm going to go with... No, the Red Bull's too fast. The Red Bull's too fast in a straight line. It'll, it'll be Max Verstappen. It'll be on pole. Um... And then top three, Max Verstappen probably again. Um, he won't help Jacko. Uh, he says he will, but he won't. Um, <laughs> probably, probably Charles Leclerc. And then Lewis Hamilton in third. Okay. I don't, know. I don't have a bold prediction for that. <laughs> well, I'll come back to you for the bold prediction. That's quite a lot to go for in one in one hit. So, Louis, what's your predictions for pole and top three? Uh, I'm going to go pole, uh, pole, Sergio Perez, win, Max Verstappen, second, Charles Leclerc, third, um, then I'll go Perez third, because Max will like push him off in turn one or something, just, no you don't, then, um, Bold prediction, it will rain. <laughs> well, I mean, it has rained once in Abu Dhabi. Apparently, it rained for about 10 seconds in a practice session, and then it stopped, and then it looked like it had never rained in about 10 years. So I do uh, remember, I can't remember if it was 2018 or 2019, uh, Abu Dhabi, and they went, so on the, uh, on the radio, went, it's 40% chance of rain in like the next like half an hour over the radio, yeah. like during the race. You're like, what? Yeah. <laughs> It does happen. Yeah, I mean it does, but it's, it does, I, at some point, I, I, yeah, at some point it must do. You, you oh. are right. So maybe I'm maybe I'm going to be completely um, shown up, and and I'm gonna I'm gonna lose this bet like a fellow grid talker lost a bet at the weekend, which we I'm sure we'll be talking about in the coming days. But uh, but yeah, okay. So any advance on your bold prediction, Owen? Before I go and uh, upset gonna, the apple cart. Uh, well, two things. I'm going to go with uh, my bold prediction is going to be that McLaren miraculously managed to get ahead of Renault, uh, Alpine Renault in the uh, in the championship. Uh, I don't know how they're going to do it. I think that's, I think it's uh, the, the the maths are stacked well against them, but I think they could potentially do it uh, if everything goes wrong and uh, and everything goes right for them. Um, also, tidbit of information. I remember watching the Dubai 24 Hours, and that was rained off once. Oh, was it really? Okay. Yeah, so... yeah. It's worth looking into that the uh, I mean... it was it was at the Dubai Autodrome, and it looked like a lake. Yeah, no, it's not going. It's not going. Okay, <laughs> right, get it. It's not going to rain. It's in the Middle East. It's not going to rain. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> More like to I get really, you. <laughs> I, I really hope it rains now. We need Bernie sprinklers. Right, so my, my bold prediction is going to be tied into my poll and my top three because I'm, I am fully in manifestation mode right now. I'm going to manifest it into existence. Pole position is going to be Lewis Hamilton. Top three will be Hamilton, Norris and Ricardo. And my bold predictions is no points for Alpine. There we go. <laughs> it's going to happen. I'm going to make it happen. I'm going to will it to happen. Um, okay, so um, that's the end of that. We've rattled through that in a in a hurry. It's almost like it's a uh, like it's a uh, the end of a very long season here. But we're going to do a post show because there's been a lot of questions you fired at us. So we'll uh, we'll get to them shortly. Uh, before we go, is there um, anything you want to plug, Owen and Louis? Start with you, Owen. Um. I think I'm still going to go with, uh, if you want to watch the downfall of Twitter, uh, sit back, relax. Um, and if you want to see me tweet about that, uh, you can get it at Owen Medford. And Louis? Uh, like and subscribe to the Top Podcast. Okay. <laughs> Love it. <laughs> and uh, shortly after we've we finished the post show, I'll be going live with uh, the Monkey Seat Podcast. I'm at Tom Horrocks F1 as well. You can uh, come along and see us there. Uh, so if you want to hear more from the Grid Talk podcast, we do have a huge back catalogue of shows and you can go back and listen to all of those, all of our race shows do go out live and, uh, and they go straight out on live on YouTube straight after the event and the audio version is up shortly afterwards, which is available on Amazon Fire, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Music, Verbal, Omni Studio and Pocket Casts. And we also run a Patreon. If you want to help us to continue doing what we're doing, then please consider donating to us. Everything does go back into the show to uh, to improve your experience. And we'll be back this weekend for the Abu Dhabi Grand Prix for the last time this year. So uh, last time reviewing a race anyway. So we, we look forward to seeing you then. And we'll see you in the post show. We are actuaries. In a world filled with unpredictability, we use our math skills to navigate uncertainty. Actuaries make a difference in people's lives across industries and the world. Actuaries have the freedom to work anywhere. And according to U.S. News & World Report, we're the 25th top-paying career. Make an impact as a fact-seeker and a truth-teller. Use your math skills for good as an actuary. The world needs you.